Welcome to the Chamber Leadership Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by the Western Association of Chamber Executives. Now here's your host, Dave Kilby. Hey everybody, this is Dave Kilby, president of WACE, and welcome to our podcast, which we hope you'll be sharing with members of your team, which includes your board of directors. Today, I want to talk to you about the topic of government money, and that's beyond membership. I'm talking about contracts for services and funds that chambers receive to do things like tourism and economic development, downtown development, things of those nature. So I'm going to ask several questions and throw my two cents in with an answer uh, as we go through today's podcast. So number one, are you doing this, that is getting government money, to keep your doors open? If the answer to this is yes, we believe you should reevaluate your decision. A chamber is an association of businesses, and if the business community does not support your organization, can it really survive if it's just getting a gift from government? Not a big believer in government handouts. Question two, will public funding of your chamber have an impact on your willingness to raise dues and price your program correctly. Have you ever been confronted with the question, why should we raise dues when we get all this money from the city? If so, watch out. The conversation is a symptom of public funding addiction. Dues should reflect the value of your chamber and should not have any relationship to all of that public funding that you might receive. If public funding is being substituted for dues or other earned income, your chamber needs to reevaluate its program. Question three, are we receiving funding, a gift, or are we contracting for services? If you don't have a contract with the public agency that's providing you funds that specifies the services you will perform you will be perceived as being subsidized. Consider developing a contract that specifies the services you are providing and the compensation you receive. A contract needs to redefine your relationship as one as a service provider and not just some assisted program that's getting a gift from the city. Question four. Are the services you are agreeing to perform consistent with your mission? A contractual relationship should be strategic and further your chamber's mission. You should not rewrite your mission just so you can get funds from the city. Question five. Will our funding relationship cause us to be more cautious in our role as an advocate? Be careful here and don't answer too fast. We naturally want to say, no, of course not. Our board has discussed openly the need to maintain objectivity in public affairs. Are they placing such an importance on the money that they receive from the city that they might become soft on a key business or community issue? Are you prepared to remind your board of their advocacy role every time somebody says, but what about our city money? Are you prepared for the critics in the community who would say the chamber can't be an effective advocate? The city has them in their hip pocket. Think about it.
Question six, which is related, can you really contract for services and be an effective advocate? Maybe yes, maybe no. It all depends on you. There's no question that public funding relationships do complicate your role as an advocate. If your chamber develops this kind of relationship with a public agency, be prepared to be the one who must keep it all in perspective and help your board remain independent. You must make sure that your contractual obligations are met and documented. You must make sure your organization does not become dependent on the relationship. You must make sure your board members retain their position as advocates for business in your community. Now let's try to pull this all together. First off, make sure you read your contract with your government entity and that it's crystal clear what expenditures are appropriate uses for the funds outlined in your city agreement. As with many things, it might possibly be more important to know what you cannot use the monies for. I've been a long advocate of keeping government monies completely separate from the Chamber's general fund, maybe even in a completely separate bank account. That way, if the Chamber receives an administrative fee, there's a clear paper trail of that payment. For example, if your contract for services is $100,000 and the Chamber has an administrative fee of 10%, You write that check to the chamber for administrative fee, and the rest of the money goes exactly for what the contract is for. The other $90,000 gets used, and there's a great paper trail in case the city ever wants to know, what are you spending our money on? Make sure that you know if your contract allows you to purchase such items as furniture and equipment, including computer hardware and software. Are these property items, a legitimate expenditure of government funds, and what happens if the contract is not renewed with that ongoing property, like a new computer, like furniture? Just make sure you know what the answer is and don't get surprised. And most importantly, regularly brief the council on your results and accomplishments. Make sure they clearly understand the return on their investment and how their money That's the way they think about it. Their money is being spent. Just some things to have you think about. The good news is, while 60% of WACE members say they do receive government funding of some sort, approximately 80% of those folks do have a contract for services. So, best of luck to you. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. And thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Chamber Leadership Podcast. Be sure to access WACEonline.com for more information. And don't forget to subscribe 